Welcome back. Episode number 13. Willie Show Recovery Stories. Willie Show Recovery Stories. Exploring addiction and recovery through inspiring personal accounts. And, um... Yeah, so technically, in my mind and in my heart, uh, season one's over. And the season finale was last week with Brenda. And I am coming to you just outside of our nation's capital this week. I'm down here in Arlington, Virginia. And I brought my recording equipment. And I really, I just wanted to check in with the listeners I don't have a ridiculous garbage head fairy tales guest this week. I we've wrapped up season one. We're looking forward to season two. We got Webmaster Zeta in the background on the headphones. You can say hi if you want. You don't have to. You can say hello. So we got a secret Webmaster Zeta. I think we're gonna talk to my mom. Is that okay? Is that a bad idea? I, I might call this episode like the family afterwards, you know, mm-hmm. I just want to, I'm just going to bring my mom. My mom has no idea that I've been podcasting about drugs and alcohol and recovery. And, um, I think it's probably better that way. It probably was, but you know, you know what I mean? I didn't yeah. want, I didn't want to go this week without putting out something. I want, I don't, I want to keep the algorithm happy. I have this concept in my mind that there is an algorithm and if I like, release episodes at uh, an expected time every week that the algorithm gets used to it and like puts me up on people's search bars. Do you think that's actually happening? I don't know how it works. You don't know how it works? No. No? That's why you shouldn't call me webmaster. (laughs) You are. You are the webmaster, Zeta. So anyways, you know how like at the end of Seinfeld... You know, like the episode before, the last episode, they like did like showed all these like videos and clips of all like the different things that happened or like like Family Matters. They'll have that episode where they kind of just show like different things. I wanted to recap the season. I wanted to talk about where we started, why we started, and what happened, and and, and like and like where we are now as a podcast and as a community. Yeah, and highlight your guests. And highlight the guests, but like also like the growth and like what we've become. So I wrote everything down. So episode one, our pilot episode, you remember that? Yes, with Gregory. With Gregory. <laughs> Where is Gregory? We could call him. We could. Let's call him. You want to call? You want me to call Gregory? Yeah. Let's see if we can get Gregory on the horn. Good call. So we're just gonna. We can't be long with him. Let's talk to Gregory, our favorite alcoholic. Ooh. Think other alcoholics will be mad about that? If his voicemail comes up and his real name comes up, I'm gonna have to be like, bam, and like, get ready. Take it away. No, Gregory. No, Gregory. Should I hang up? Yeah. Oh, that was. All right. Well, whatever. You know, here's here's the thing with episode one, like. I had no clue what I was doing. I just wanted to see if we could have a podcast. And I wanted like, I wanted to be something that we aren't anymore. I wanted to be a podcast, like a drug podcast. And I wanted to be more about war stories. 
You know, I wanted to be kind of like a variety show. But at the same time, I wanted to have tinges of recovery. It's like I had no idea what I actually I had someone listen to the show, the first episode, and they were like, I don't know what you're trying to do. And that was the truth. I really didn't know what I was trying to do. But Gregory came on with a fire story Mm -hmm. about stealing a bartender's car and getting a DWI. And so we like saved the day and we were introduced to Uncle Danny. We were. And I beat that shtick into the ground over the season. Right. The Mm -hmm. Uncle Danny thing just became like. Some but then some Some people people get upset when there's no Uncle Danny. So we don't know going forward. I think we're going to check in with Uncle Danny. Yeah, we're going to call him. We're going to check in. Okay. Then there was Todd, episode two. Yep. And Todd was like 12-step stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Classic. Story. He had a story. He had a story. Fun story. Fun storyteller. (laughs) Classic. Heavy emphasis on the personal recovery, right? And then we had Tracy. Yeah. And so Tracy was like, how am I going to have this kind of a story? on this kind of a podcast and not be recovery, mm-hmm. you know, cause Tracy's story is so powerful. Yeah. He has so much love and he's been through so much. So it was like, Tracy was kind of like where like the universe was like saying like, dude, mm-hmm. this whole war stories thing you're going for, it's in your head, but your podcast is actually something else. Right. It shouldn't be focused on that. That'll come along with it. People have silly stories. Listen, yeah. alcoholics and addicts have crazy bullshit stories mm-hmm. oh and tracy's story for me and this is not your fault trace if you're if you're listening i love you and i thought but like i was recording with my iphone into a microphone off speaker and again i had people be like yeah no we can tell <laughs> like the sound quality's terrible um so tracy started the search of like how do I make this sound better, you know? And then, um, what else? Inspirational, good story, loving person, horrible audio quality, still recording. Yeah, that's what I wrote down about. And then we had a fun, drug-fueled, super awesome guest in Brian, right? Yes. And Brian had everything. We had robbery, armed robbery, but not actually guns. We had... Jail, we had, um, hold on. All right, so we had intruders. That was my mom and my stepfather, and they came in, and we were recording. This is personal. They can't just come in while we're recording. So I was talking about Brian, and Brian yes. was talking about drugs. Yes. He was, putting about putting, he was talking about putting some box in his eye and going to jail mm-hmm. and redemption and what he does, and, and then... You know, that's like the miracle of this whole thing is that he can go through things like that and he's living a good life. I see Brian all the time, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then episode five. Remember episode five? What's episode five? Do you remember? Oh, you wanted a reminder? It was John and we were talking about traditional 11. And it was like, for me, it was like the episode that justified like how I'm still respecting the 11 tradition of the podcast. Yeah. But also I was going through a lot at the time. I was gambling, mm-hmm. and it's like a long disclaimer for the podcast. But you know what came out really good? And John's great. He's an, he texts me every morning. He's wonderful. But like I, I was in a bad space spiritually, recording that episode. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, but I did take his advice, and I got the casino to ban me, and I stopped. I stopped gambling. Right, 
and I haven't gambled. Right? Right. And it's good. Yeah. We're doing well. So a lot of good came out of John's episode. Then we had Awesome Tom. It was like the episode you didn't know you needed. <laughs> I didn't know I need. I personally yeah. needed that just to get through what I was going through. And then we had Awesome Tom. Yes. And what do you think of Awesome Tom? He was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's like redneck recovery. I enjoyed it. Super classy guy. Mm-hmm. Um, what I write down? Back in the groove. We were back in the groove. Old school redneck style AA. Very likable. Strong message. Saved by twelve step. Yeah. He had a lot of great one liners. <laughs> yeah. So it was, I think that was up to that point. That was your favorite. Yeah. Um, so we love awesome. Yeah. Awesome. But the audio still sucked. Right. Mm-hmm. And then so so then our next episode, episode seven, was like the um, it's like the linchpin. Right. Like after like seven was the best of what we were doing. Yeah. But it was the end. Right. Of the original format. Mm hmm. And seven was Melissa. Yeah. And she was rocket fuel from start to finish. Mm-hmm. It's Noah's favorite episode. <laughs> it's our son's favorite episode. It's a lot of people's favorite episode. And it was our biggest, um, it was our, are they watching us? <laughs> like my mom is constantly like looking in the window. Um, it was our biggest boost in listeners. Like Melissa just like shot, like yeah. literally doubled listeners from like the previous week. I feel like she has like minions out there that were willing to. Is it was it her or was it like just that it was a female guest or was it was like yeah, something happened? A, a, I don't know if I wrote the, the right title description. Mm-hmm. I you know I didn't use ChatGPT. I didn't have AI like yeah. right, but like something boom Melissa. And then in between Melissa and Sal, I contacted some people. Right. They listened, and they tore up what we were doing. Yeah. You know? And I took their advice. It was constructive. It was constructive criticism. criticism. But But it was criticism. (laughs) And I don't deal well with criticism. No, I know. You look distraught the whole time. I was shot. I'm like, what am I doing? I sound like an idiot. I'm calling, you know. so bad. But. But good stuff. It was like harvest questions was one of the things he said. It was like. Find your audience, know who you're talking to, develop the niche, like actually be something, you know? And so we realized that we're not a fucking war stories podcast variety show. Yeah. We are a recovery podcast. Yeah. Look at this. Chat GPT wrote this for me. With my help. Willie Show, recovery stories. Exploring addiction and recovery through inspiring personal accounts. That's what we're doing now, mm-hmm. right? So we had Sal. First Zoom interview. Better sound quality. Yeah. Super likable guy. Yeah. Great story. Great story. Comes from Portugal, comes to our country, drinks like a fish, you know? (laughs) Just awesome. Everything about Sal. Sal brought me the phrase, bless up. And now everywhere I go, I tell people, bless up. Yeah. That didn't come on the podcast. That came after. But I just love Sal so much. So honest. You know, we met him at a meeting, mm-hmm. and then boom, he just so willing came on, shared a great like. I really enjoyed his story. I identified with yeah. a lot of his story. Yeah. So Sal to me was the start of what we are now. You know, and then okay, so here's what I wrote for Sal: first Zoom episode in between seven and eight, or refused. I refocused. I got great advice, and I really leaned into what we really are—a recovery show. Sal is candid. Blessed and loving. Am I wrong? No. All right. 
We're almost through this, guys. And then we're going to bring my mom on, call Uncle Danny. We're going to wrap. This is a oh. quick episode. This is just a recapper. It's good, though, because. I think it's good. There's some people that haven't heard all the episodes. This might. This is push what you're going to hear. You're going to hear seven episodes of horrible audio quality <laughs> and then and then little improvements from But worth from listening there to. But worth. Li- that's what. That's it's fun what's, to hear where we came from. That's what's incredible about the whole podcast is it's like the guests have been fire. Yeah. And I haven't always been fire because I don't know, you know. It's okay. I know, but we're going to get to Joe and a lot changed with Joe. Okay. Joe was not my guest. Joe was brought to us Mm -hmm. from Kenny. Joe started a lot of things. Okay. Powerful. Right. That's what I wrote down. I didn't book Joe. Mm -hmm. And this started the support from Villa. Yeah. And since then we have gotten overwhelming support from the Villa Veritas. Yeah. And there are listeners and there are people. And it's been like one of the greatest honors in my life. Like every, anytime the villa posts something about our podcast, I, I know it's I start tearing up. I'm like, oh my God. Like it feels like we're giving back to something that gave to us, right? Mm-hmm. Continuing the message, right? Yeah. But and I couldn't say more about Joe. If you haven't listened to Joe's message, it's the one I would recommend to people. Mm-hmm. But I got a lot of complaints. A lot. Well, I got a five-star review with a complaint from this guy, Sober Little D. And it's like, uh, I'm about to let you finish, was the title of the review. (laughs) And he's like, listen, I love the show. I thought you were going to say complaints about Joe. I love the show. Complaints about you. No, no one complained about (laughs) Joe. They complained about me. Yeah. The the lady at work, not the lady at work, my friend at work, (laughs) the lady at work. I apologize to this person. She's listening. Yeah, because she's one awesome to a big she supporter awesome. and not a lady at work. It's a good freaking <laughs> friend of mine. But she also complained that me as an interviewer, I am constantly interjecting with my own stories. I think you have improved throughout the episodes. Sober little D. <laughs> if you're listening, have I improved? Because that five-star review felt like a zero-star review. That was only like a couple episodes ago, too. Right? I've only improved like since the last couple episodes. But big improvements. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. That, that's what you I get, want to improve. Well, it's not your fault. You get excited. I get excited. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. You know, the, you know what a podcast really is? It's an experiment. Mm-hmm. And this is an experiment with a positive message of hope for personal recovery. Yeah. This helps me stay sober. I know. And I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for it, too. Okay, so that's Joe. And I, there's more I could say about Joe. And Joe knows how much I love him. But Joe is where I learned the most about what I was doing wrong. Mm-hmm. And then Julian, another gift, another gift. Julian's wild, and he's got this huge heart, and he's got this giant social media presence. And I was, like, really, like, being greedy because I thought I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tap in, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get, like, boom, I'm going to be like a... <laughs> you know, we got a thousand <laughs> listeners off of Julian. And you know what I got off of Julian? A loving Julian. friendship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Julian's just incredible. Yeah. The story was so powerful. The, yeah. The train hopping, the heroin addiction, the fact that he's, fa- he's not doing heroin anymore and he's a successful person. Mm-hmm. And Julian isn't a big book thumping 12-stepper and shows people like, um, I'm getting a phone call. I'm going to mute that so I'm not picking up this phone call. Um. Um. Yeah, so Julian was great. I didn't do terrible. No. With that interview. No. 
Um, then we come to our penultimate episode. And the penultimate episode is like, you know, in like The Mandalorian, like the episode before the last episode where the things actually happen, where it's like the entire podcast is justified by. It was like not justified, but like I felt like Lynette legitimized, legitimized, legitimized <laughs> everything we've done from the first episode. Yeah. She made it real because yeah. she's real. She's so powerful. She's been through so much trauma. She has such Another incredible person recovery. that you didn't. I, you know, Lynette came yeah. to us through Jane. Yeah. And I didn't know what to expect. And you could tell she gives back to her community. Mm -hmm. You could tell she just has this thing about her. But like, I couldn't believe I was sitting there and, and she's opening up all this stuff to me. And I don't know how to. And so, like, I felt like I made an improvement as an interviewer with Lynette. Mm -hmm. But I know that there's people out there that when they hear that and they hear where she's come from and they, she hear what she's been through. And they think about their own lives and they can identify with the way she feels. Mm -hmm. They're going to be like, maybe I can get sober too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe I can stop drinking. Maybe I can put down whatever. Maybe it's a Kratom addiction. Maybe it's crack. Maybe it's ketamine. Maybe it's fucking anything. But maybe it's possible. That's what Lynette, Lynette just, yeah. she's so beautiful. Yeah. She's amazing. So that's the penultimate, right? Yep. And then we had Brenda. 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 Brenda, and how do I just like how, like you can't have Brenda on, and then just go on. Yeah, you can't just be like, oh, here's Brenda, and she breaks it down for two hours, and anytime hours I interject, of, she's like, yeah. uh, let me go back to the story. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? She wasn't yeah. just like she. It wasn't just like um. It's like she cut through my bullshit. Yeah. She liked my bullshit. She yes, had fun. Made her laugh. We were laughing. We were <laughs> smiling. It was like, yeah. and people, you know, there was so much pain there. And I, you know, I said in the episode, it was like almost the amount of, uh, of like, her higher power being there for her was like equal to the amount of pain. It was, it was such a powerful story. So I can't just disrespect what she did for us by just like being like, oh, I'm gonna bring on Billy Joe Johnson, like, I'm just gonna, we're gonna talk about dirt, dirt. no, Brenda is the season finale. Yeah. And it was beautiful. It was. She's a Villa alumni, so we have like that continuing theme of people that have recovered you know and um and that's it and now we have season two to look forward to and yeah. you you know what's coming i'm excited you're excited for season yeah. two and yeah. i'm excited for season two and season two starts with an in-person interview yes strong yes funny yes charismatic I'm I've been really looking forward to travel. To this. I got to travel. <laughs> I bought this equipment because of the possibility of interviewing this person. Cause yeah. they said to me, listen, addiction is real. I'm not doing this on zoom. I'm mm -hmm. not doing this. Um, unless you meet me face to face yeah. and then I'll do this. So and that's you're what we're intrigued. doing. You're like, Oh, oh I'm oh, like, yeah, okay. wait, hold on. I got to take myself <laughs> seriously. Um, Let me get some special equipment for that. So we've had we've had emails, we've had followers on Instagram, we've got a Twitter account, Willie which we Show don't use. I use it. I post the, the episode links. Yeah, every okay. week. WillieShowPodcast at gmail .com. We want to hear more from you. We've got two emails. We might get to them in the show today. Yeah. We're gonna talk to my mom. This might not go well. Spoiler alert. I'm gonna let you. You know, you're just I'm yeah, just I just get the hell that. out of the room and just <laughs> let my mom be my mom. Shoot, I'll take We're, a break. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to, to interview your own mother. Yeah. About what went down. 
I mean, you, you have control of the interview, so I don't. It's my you mom. You're not gonna fold like a pretzel. No, I'm gonna fold like a pretzel. You're just gonna. Wing just gonna it. let her do what she does. Okay. I'm sorry, Mama. <laughs> I didn't mean to hurt you. I didn't make you cry. I'm sorry, Mama. Right? Sadie can't take it. Didn't matter, hurt you. I almost spit my coffee out. Sorry. It's okay. All right. All right, we're going to get into this. We're going to talk to my mom a little bit. We're going to continue to show our guests love. We're going to show Danny. our listeners love. Should we call Uncle Danny real quick? Hold on. Let's see if I can get Uncle Danny on the line first. Yeah. Come on. Uncle Danny time. All right, hold on. Hey, reach the voicemail box of Dan Johnson. Please leave a message and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you. At the tone, please record your message. Is, when you finish bo- recording, you may hang up or yeah. press one for he's more fired. options. No, he's not fine. <laughs> Uncle Danny, hi, welcome. This is Willie's show, Recovery Stories. And we're coming to you live on the season finale. And everybody's looking for you, Uncle Danny. Are you coming back for season two? Are you willing to bring your straight edge, super dope, dad jokes, awesome, he pills up your butt, all that humor, all that love, you know, Uncle Danny, we miss you. And the listeners, you know, they want more Uncle Danny. So hope to have you back. If not, Zeta's totally fine with it. If you don't ever come on again, Zeta's just completely okay with replacing you forever. And uh, you're missing out. I was going to call, call me back. You can come on the podcast with mom. <laughs> yep. Mom. All right. Bye, Uncle Danny. What do you think about that? Mom. Mom. <laughs> He's going to be like, wait, what? All right, this is, you know, this is a strange episode so far, but it's awesome. It's, this was a wrap-up wrap episode. It's a wrap-up episode. With a bonus I- interview with your mom. Bonus interview with my mom. Can I'm going to read, I think I should read uh, one of the, yeah. two of the emails. You, you read it. I'll read them. Yeah. I'll read them at the end of the episode. Okay. Okay, we're back, and we are here with my mom. Hey, Will. Introduce yourself to the listeners. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, my name is Debbie, and I'm Will's mom, and I'm excited to be here tonight. So did you have any idea we've been recording a podcast behind your back here? No. No? I don't want you to listen. What? I don't want you to listen to the show. Oh. Ever. Ever? Ever. Uh, um, mm. It's it's not, I don't, I'm not, it's not that I'm embarrassed. I just don't know if, you, I don't know if you'd like, you know how you don't really like violent movies? Yeah, I really don't. You know how you don't like, you know, um, gratuitous language? Yeah, no, I don't. Like, um, you know how you don't like uh, drugs? 
Yeah, no, I don't. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You see why this might not be the podcast for you? Probably isn't. It isn't Disney-fied. This is not a Disney podcast. This is a podcast. The podcast is called Willie Show Recovery Stories. And this is a podcast where we explore addiction and recovery through inspiring personal accounts. Now, that sounds nice. Yeah, that sounds great. But inspiring personal accounts are pretty rough. Yeah, I've, I've had my own experience with my own dad. So, so I so, can understand right. how okay. graphic it could get. Here's, here's why I'm bringing you on. I'm, kind of, I'm calling this, this episode, I'm calling it like the season one recap. We've done 12 episodes so far. So me and uh, Zeta did like a recap of all the episodes, but I'm also calling it the family afterwards. So I want to talk to you about um, what it was like for you. And we, we, I don't want, I I promised them a short episode, so I'll bring you back. Okay. But I want to, I want to know, I want to know what it was like for you. It was horrible. It was the worst of times, and yet there was always hope at the end of the rainbow. Now, are you yeah. talking about me? Yes. All right, and let's go back. Also with my father. Let's go back. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in a little town called Springland, New York. Um, Hardly on the map. <laughs> Hardly on the map. It's a, it's a, it's a don't blink and you dro- drove through a town. Correct. And in the summer, it was kind of busy but in the winter there was like four people because <laughs> it was because it's the catskills it's the 70s yes so people so this is before 60s 70s yes this is before it was cheaper to take a jet plane to florida than it was to get a hotel room at the neville right and and at that time uh the catskills was a hopping place grossingers and you know concord everybody came up that way that was the happening time did you grow up with a lot of money? Were you guys filthy rich? No. Were you dirt poor? No. We had food. And we had clothes. Uh, but we, we had one car, one TV, which only worked in the summer because in the winter the cable would go out. And then you had to wait for spring for it to come back in. So uh, we never considered ourselves dirt poor. We didn't have a lot but what we had was paid for and we were all happy we didn't know that there was really you know a lot of luxury out there so but you always describe your dad as having problems with alcohol yes when did you notice that (sighs) i guess around seven eight why would you say that because when i was younger than that I only remember him fishing and things like that. I would go fishing. And when you went fishing, you were in the stream and you were quiet and you didn't have, you didn't have beverages. You didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. And then you came home and you played with the fish and then, and something happened <laughs> you, to them and you, 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 you ate the fish. Yeah. But we didn't realize it. I don't think. Cause we were playing with the fish in the bathtub. Like we tried to revive them. Grandpa kept the fish alive. Well, no, he kept them in, in the, uh, keel, and when we got home, though, you could revive them. Uh-huh. You just threw water down their gills, and then all of a sudden they'd float around and what? wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. <laughs> so what? Yeah. What? Wait. So when did you realize that Grandpa had a drinking problem? What would you? What would you even clue you into that? Um, 
probably because um, when I was about seven or eight, my grandparents got married, and uh, we we went down to his home place for the first time, and uh, I saw some of my aunts and uncles who I hadn't seen, and they had all had uh, drinking issues. And uh, we were kind of told, you know, explained to more or less why different behavior was going on. Uh-huh. What was the explanation? Like, like the screaming and the hollering and, you know, like at first they were really nice to you, and then the next thing you know, later at night, after the day had gone through and they had been drinking more, they their personalities changed. It was a shit show? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my parents explained that, you know, uh, alcohol kind of ran in the family. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, you know. But what my dad considered alcohol was not beer, which is all he drank. He considered alcohol hard liquor or that you went out to a bar. Mm-hmm. So he didn't really... He never thought he was alcoholic. He did not think he was an alcoholic. He said um, he was home every night. He was a great dad as far as that went. And, you know, he came home. He read his paper. He, you know, did what he was supposed to do. But then he would drink quarts of beer every night. Yeah. And, and this isn't, I'm not bringing you on yeah. to rip your pops. No. I love But it's just dad. a fact. Right. And he, he drank a heck right. of a little... There and were plenty was, of courts. He was 14 and he was on his own. Right. He So he had seen a lot and he didn't want us to become alcoholics. So he was very frank with us about, you know, not drinking hard liquor, things like that. Well, you also didn't want me to become an alcoholic. I didn't want any of you to become an alcoholic. Any of the four of you uh, or my nieces or nephews. You never drank in front of me. No. As a kid. No. Maybe once every couple months. No, You'd maybe. have one. Yeah. I'd but have you wouldn't one, even maybe finish out, it. Out at a restaurant. You like Chateau St. Nicholas mm-hmm. once a year. Yep. Dad didn't really drink in front of me. Yes, he did. A little. Uh, on occasion, and I'd have to remind him he couldn't drink while, while he was driving. Uh, oh, nice. He'd have to hand over the, the wheel to me because if we went out to a restaurant and he decided to have a drink, I was fine with that. Okay. But I said, You've had one drink, that means the keys come to me. So always the rules. The thing I want to bring up without trudging too much of the, you know, whatever trauma you've been through is, at some point, Grandpa stopped drinking in your childhood. No. It wasn't in your childhood. No. So he drank throughout your childhood. Yes. Oh, I. hmm, I'm learning too. But at some point. We would have major debates at night. He loved to debate. He always had to take both sides. And the more he drank, the more he wanted to be up and, and argue whatever point it was. But it, it never was like, um, like he'd say, okay, coffee is great, so you have to tell me why coffee isn't great. And then the next night, you had to take reverse roles. It was never meant to be nasty, but he'd get really heated about it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever won an argument with you, and now I'm starting to understand yeah, why. Yeah, because I was supposed to take both sides. Mm-hmm. So we, we understood that, and one night I said to him, Dad, you're an alcoholic. And this How became, old were you? I was 16. And you were convinced he was alcoholic? 
Oh, I knew he was. Why? Because of the definition of an alcoholic is if you take one drink every day. That is a definition of an alcoholic, and it was the one that you had chose. at the time. That's the one that I chose to use. That's the one I you chose to, to use. I said to him, you don't Because have. I, I have a, being uh, afflicted. Mm-hmm. There are different definitions. Oh, it's absolutely. a personal decision. Mm-hmm. But at the time, so I just, I don't want someone to think, you know, I don't want someone to think I'm taking a position on right. if someone's sponsor tells them something, go with what your sponsor right. says. If a doctor tells you something, go with what your doctor says. If you feel something mm-hmm. in your heart. This, this came from a course I was taking, which was psychology. At the time. And it was in the book. Late 70s. Yes. This was a psychologist's point of view. Correct. It was okay. in it was in the psychology book, and I could throw it in his face and say enough disclaimer. Enough this di- is it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you told him that you I drink did. every night, and he that's said that's why you're alcoholic. And his answer was, "I don't go out to bars. I don't have hard liquor." Uh-huh. And I said, "But Dad, you're drinking alcohol, and you're drinking it every night." Yes, and he'd agree to that, but he wouldn't agree he was an alcoholic. But also, he had to take some kind of medication, right? That that became later. That was later. That was in the following year. Uh, he had broken up a very... Uh, so he worked at the prison. He was a CO. He was a CO. There was a riot. And there was a riot. <clears throat> and he stayed through the riot. And he stopped an inmate from getting killed. Mm-hmm. And then that inmate turned around and sued him. Mm-hmm. And uh, it distressed my father greatly because he had to defend himself and, you know... Uh, so he went to the doctors, and they had prescribed Vicodin. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Especially when you take it with a beer chaser. That's the way to take it. <laughs> Did you ever take Vicodin? No. No. You have, you're very sensitive to all medications. Correct. You're allergic to almost every medication. Well, not allergic. I have a very low tolerance. So baby aspirin. Do you have any medication you particularly like? Uh, amoxicillin. It works Mom. when I get sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm asking about the buzz. Oh, Is no. there a buzz you like? No. You I hate, hate being I, buzzed. I hate that feeling. I had vertigo. and uh, You hate it. I hate it. I hate not being in control. No. So that's, I, I don't like that feeling. I've gotten. Do you know that for me, alcohol doesn't make me feel like I'm not in control? Even though from, from your point of view, it might look like I'm completely out of control. I mean, we've been through the ringer together, mm-hmm. right? Right. But it actually makes me feel like I'm in control. Oh, yes, I know that. Right. You but can... it makes you feel like you're out of control. Right, because I know I'm acting stupid or not not answering things correctly. So, yeah. Fair deal. All right, let's continue. So anyway, uh, that year, <clears throat> my father started taking them as chasers, the beer chaser, I would call it, when he took the Vicodin. And I argued with him. I said, Dad, you're... It says right in the bottle. And he said to me, my doctor would have told me that if I couldn't have beer with it. Mm-hmm. I said, but it's on the prescription bottle. Yeah, to me that was an advertisement. Right. Alcohol increases the infect. Yeah. Sounds but, great. Yeah. But he did not. <clears throat> he said, well, the doctor would have told me. So he had, that's when the debates broke down. It was like, then he'd get very upset with me and. You know, this could be two or three o'clock in the morning, and I. Had so there was a day. difference when the Vicodin was prescribed. Correct. You didn't like what was going on. No. He, was, no, he 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 was screaming. He was out of control. He was not. He'd get nasty. Okay. Which he never did before. How old? Be, how old are you? That this is still 17, 16, 17? 17. Okay. 17. 
Okay. And then he stops. No. No. He didn't really, but the Vicodin stopped. The Vicodin stopped. The Vicodin stopped. The trial was over. The Vicodin stopped. He was okay. Um, But he didn't stop the the beer and the cigarettes until we bought our cabin. What year is that? (coughs) We bought the cabin in 84, but this is when we were building the cabin. Okay, so 84, you're married. You've got two children. Mm -hmm. I'm not a thought yet. Not yet. Not yet. yet. And Grandpa stops drinking. Mm-hmm. Why? Um, because he, I mean, this is a long way to get to what I want. You well, know, what I, he actually got sick while he was up there. He was spitting up blood, and on the way home, he which the camp was three hours from his mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. On the way home, he stopped at the Ellenville Hospital. He knew one of the nurses there, which I had also worked with, and uh, he told her. He said, "She said, what? Well, you know, my dad's name was Andy. He said, why are you here?' And he said, um, "I'm an alcoholic." And she said, no, you're not. And, and dad said, yes, yes, I am. And my daughter was right. So um, I wasn't with him at the time. But that's, mm-hmm. he told me later. And uh, that was, and he stopped. I mean, it was like nobody could think he could do that because he went through a case of, of court. A case of courts. Budweiser. How many courts is that? There was 12 in a case. 12 in a case. And he'd be through that in two days. Okay. And uh, it was all him drinking. Gotcha. Uh, and again, he, he didn't go out. He sat in his chair and he had him. He was reading the paper, not doing anything. And from the moment, the, after the hospital moment, and he quits, did he, he ever drink again? Never drank, and he never smoked again. He gave up drinking and cigarettes on the same okay. day. I've been trying. This is what I've been trying to get to. But I understand now that that was really hard for you to hear that. That killed me my whole life when you would tell me, uh, Grandpa did it. So, 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 so can you. Because I was so proud of him. And you should have been. And I know that people say, oh, it can't be done. No, it's, he, not that it, it's not that it can't be done. It's people, not that it can't be done. It has been done. And, yeah. I, and I used to think things like that when I first got sober because I just, mm-hmm. whatever I was told is what I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. And um, but my my, you know, I just I just finally got two years. It took like three and a half years to get two years clean. But I mm-hmm. got my two years clean. I'm very happy and proud of it. And so are we. <laughs> yeah, I'm very happy about it. But uh, in the you know in the, in the beginning, whatever I, whatever I was told, I believed. Um. But I just knew I couldn't. And I never. But also, I never wanted to. Yeah. Oh, that and that's what he said. He he said, you have to want to quit and he said uh but he he was a very um compulsive person yeah whatever he did he did to the nth so he, he was a great artist and he could draw anything which i can't but he, neither can i i have to tell you that it's a house <laughs> I draw. yeah my rabbits yeah. say uh okay yeah. kind yeah. of two circles and maybe you get it yeah but um he was a great artist and he would stare at something and then he'd find something wrong with it just one little thing and he'd be like oh my god you know he's a perfectionist so when I don't he, think I'm a perfectionist when he gave up the smoking and the drinking he put something else in its place so instead of the liquor he put milk 
So we went through two gallons of milk a day, and he gained a lot of weight. <laughs> and, and replaced, I can imagine drinking two gallons of milk a day if I was cigarettes yeah. with um, lifesavers. Uh huh. And uh, so a quick story and, about and shrimp Sarah and shrimp and so seafood. Wait, so wait, so to to the listeners, if you're thinking about drinking, just go drink it. You know, and there's a thing. There's actually a thing I tell I tell my sponsee about this all the time. And I actually had a friend the other day hit me up and was like. What do you do if, if you're really dealing with cravings? I was like, go get a milkshake. Mm-hmm. Someone told me that in early recovery. Like, get a milkshake, go to Stewart's, drink the whole milkshake. Because there's not many people that drink an entire milkshake and say, you know what goes really good with that? A beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, so, maybe, maybe that was it. So, there's something to ask. so anyways, you want to tell a quick Sarah story. Go ahead. Sarah's so, our, my older sister. So Sarah does not know there's a podcast. So Sarah was, was little. And the baby at the time, and she had an allergy really to sugar. When she had too much sugar, she would just scream and scream and scream. So we left her with my father at the cabin. Uh huh. And because she was sleeping. And she got up apparently while we were out. And when we came back, my dad just literally he was shaking and he handed her to me and he said, Take her. And I was like, Dad, why is she screaming? Did you give her any sugar? He said, No. I said, Really? He said, No, I didn't give her any sugar. I said, Well, what has she had today? He said, Lifesavers. Mm-hmm. He'd have one. He gave her one. He'd uh-huh. have one. And he popped them like he was popping, like he was chain smoking. Because mm-hmm. he just, so he didn't realize how much. How many lifesavers do you think he was going through? Oh, he went through packs a uh-huh. day. Packs. Uh-huh. Packs, packs of lifesavers. Yeah. So I've replaced mm-hmm. my drinking and drug use with recovery. Mm-hmm. I go to a lot of meetings. I take a lot of service commitments. I do my best to help out the next alcoholic. I call, I call my sponsor, but you know, if I, the Zeta's agreed with me that I'm addicted to the recovery process. And that's good. It's been great. That's a good thing to be addicted to. It's been some of the best experiences in my life. I mean, it really we, has. we all need something like when, when I get down and I always told you, I said, you know, Will, you, you're a great musician, even if you don't believe so, but uh, that's what I do. You hear I, that, guys? I'm I, a great musician. I bang on the piano. If I'm upset, I bang yeah. on the piano. Yeah. Because I love to drink. Well, now I but my banging I on the piano is I call an addict. I call mm-hmm. an alcoholic, and we talk. But, and, I, and I ask them what's wrong with them. I don't... <clears throat> if I'm... I, I'll bring it up. You know, I read a sponsor who talked about my own problems, but I'll call a buddy and just check on him. How mm-hmm. you doing? You know, like you heard before? Yeah. You heard before my buddy called me? Oh, yeah. I miss yeah. you. Ask mm-hmm. how my life is now. I got, It's like... Right. Oh, 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 Whatever. And that, that's a great way to be. It is. Um, so there's great things to be addicted to. That's one of them. Life itself is, is great to be addicted to, to just looking for new things, new ways yeah. to get yourself happy. So when did you realize that? And, and, you know, I promised the listeners this would be a short episode, but all of a sudden you're giving me a great interview. Oh, so sorry. I, I, <laughs> sorry, guys. It's just actually, I'm at, I don't know. I, I was, it's nice to talk to you. And we're in Arlington, Virginia, and and everyone's in the other room trying to figure out dinner. And here you are on this podcast you didn't know about, about drugs and alcohol and recovery. When did you know things were more than... When did you know it wasn't just a mere habit with me? When did you first suspect that I was alcoholic? Well, when you were 13, you had issues. I'd say when you were 14. 
mm-hmm. think that, that you were going to be an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And I was worried, mm-hmm. concerned. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I did what most mothers would do. I, I took you to doctors. You did the absolute best you could. I, I mean, we've, to you. we've made our amends to each other. Right. And, and I think our relationship now right. is as good as right. it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't want to drag you, right. drag no. the whole situation through the mud. But I, I, I mean, I talked to you. I talked to your friends. I talked to other parents. I mean, you did whatever you could because it's, it's your kid. Mm-hmm. So and the answer to uh, we had one one doctor and one nurse. And they both said to me, but he's so handsome and smart. And I was looking at him, but. You know, not not to go too much into detail. I think but, they were right. But he he's he's not happy. I mean, no, I he got, wasn't happy. I mean, I was joking I said, that they're right, but I, I, I wasn't need, happy. I need to find an answer for him. And that took years. Twenty four years yeah. after that. Right. Whatever. Never gave up. Was there a moment after that that you you know was there any other moment that you were like, shit. There's a lot of those moments. There's a lot. Of, <laughs> there's a lot of shit. Yeah. There's a lot of shit. Yeah. I'm sorry for all that shit. Um, was any of it funny to you? Was there ever a funny shit moment? Was yeah. I ever? No. There was. No. Was there's there. no great funny no, story no, of there. my drinking. Well, there's always. When did you think drugs there, were a problem? There, there, there's, there's funny stories when you were drunk or what some funny things that you did. One was a. The, the okay. funniest one I remember is when you were in in high school and you, you had your own TV show with your best friend at the time, and you guys told me you were going to bake a cake at home. You didn't tell me you were going to televise this cake baking. And By the way, there was no cake. You threw eggs and flour at each other while you were <laughs> jumping on the trampoline and aired that to the public, and your father's um, business sign was right there because yeah. it was on side of the truck. Yeah. So we were totally blindsided. So there was fun antics. And it was it was laughable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was like typical teenager, okay, you know, he's gonna be okay. This is just a teenager crap. When did it really look bad to you? When did it really look ugly? Because I was a young parent. I think when you when you went to Marvelwood. Okay, so what you sent me away to yeah. boarding school when I was well, a junior. You asked to go. You Semantics. Weren't you weren't sent. You, I, it's okay. I did not want you to go, uh, but we... You took me to a, a we, place we and said this was a possibility, and, and I was like, fine, I'll go. Yeah, yeah, this is where you wanted to be. And did yeah. you, and you didn't realize that now I was just around uh, now it was kids that worse. did weirder right. drugs. Right. We right. did a lot of ether. Right, right. that was... Diet it was, pills. It was really bad. Uh, salvia. Uh, so we pulled you out, and they threatened to sue us, and I threatened to sue them right back. <laughs> ah. So, uh, but then I had a kid. Mm-hmm. Did that give you hope? Yes. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. you were, you know, mm-hmm. and I got married. Yeah. When after that did you go, shit? A lot of nights. A lot, lot of nights. A lot of nights. A lot of nights. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you lived with us part of the time, and then part of the time. First couple your, of years. Yeah. 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 We and, leaned on you. I was a baby yeah. with a baby. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what I was right. doing. And then, uh, then you moved next door to Danny, and yeah. uh, that that still gave me some hope. bad nights. Yeah, I had hope, and then I had bad, bad nights. But I had Noah. A lot of times you would leave, so I thought that was a correct decision. He's a great kid, isn't he? Yes, and that was a great decision that you'd leave him with me uh, instead of 
in the situation you were in sometimes. Sure. All right. Fast forward. I don't know. what Because, you know, he's 17. Mm-hmm. I got sober the first time in 2019. And um, let's skip the... Let, let's, let's, you know, unless there's something you want to say about how it affected you as a mother. Because a blast... How would, how long would you say you were really it was really scary? Two years that you were really worried. Seventeen, two thousand seventeen to nineteen. I, I had nightmares until even even um, probably through some of my recovery. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I, I the the one night that I wasn't told about your severe accident. I uh, right. And then I, I then I had nightmares every night for months. I'm sorry about that. Uh, again. I love you. It's okay. I, I love you too. I mean, and it takes a lot sometimes to get through, but you got through it. Yeah. And we're here. And we're here. So that's what I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited about this program. What, AA? 12 yeah. step stuff? Well, well that, that you're doing, that you're so involved in it because I saw that it helped my brother a lot, uh-huh. who was also an alcoholic. Uh, and he's he got very much into the program, whatever program he was in. Whatever program. He's very... Yeah, we're not here to advertise programs, but yes. But he's very intense in his program now and still, and it's been about, I think he's going on 15, 20 years. That's amazing. So he's... Hold on. 15, 20 years for my uncle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like that. You do like that, right? That's worth celebrating. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that is probably the first time that I had a lot of hope, Mm -hmm. um, because you embraced it. I saw you embracing it. And then I lost it. Well, but that's okay. But you know what? You, you went back to it and immediately and and the people, I don't know if I'm allowed to mention names. Right. Don't then. But, um, he's very, he was a great guy. And, And my sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they talked to me and, uh, you know. Uh, you know what I call pe- this? People tell us to be ashamed. Okay. In my, in my error, you're supposed to be ashamed. There's a stigma around yeah. drug addiction and alcoholism, especially drug addiction. Right. And my, my good friend, he was born on my birthday. I've known uh-huh. him since he's been five. We were in every class together. And he wound up. One night, uh, we got talking. He lives out in California, and I hadn't seen him in years. And he just called, and he said, you know, he didn't know what to do. His wife and him had a big argument because his son uh, has been in and out of programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly. But, but he went to an actual rehab place mm-hmm. three or four times, and his son wanted to sign himself out. And he didn't want him to. And then his wife did sign him out. And he was very upset. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? I said, all you can do is listen. Tell them your point. You know, keep driving at home. Love them. Do whatever you can. I said, you know, with my son at the time, uh, I said, you know, it's, it's odd that we have both sons that are in this type of a world or situation. Everybody said, knows someone that you know, deals with this. Do not hide it. 
Mm-hmm. It, it's it's not something to hide. You, you're not going to get any help if you hide in the corner. You know, get out. So there this and, is your message to family members. Yeah. And and actually, unfortunately, his son passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he did sign himself out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to sign myself out. Well, not sign myself out. And I and I and I don't want to out what happened but it was kind of like grace and a miracle that i got but i 14 days i was ready to go home called zade up and she's like scared Mm -hmm. you know because you weren't ready i wasn't we all knew you weren't ready everybody knew i wasn't Mm -hmm. and i wasn't yeah um and and uh and anyways so your message to families is don't be quiet about it don't don't be quiet talk to people around you anybody you don't know who has the same issue. They mm-hmm. might have an answer mm-hmm. that would work for your child. It may not work for my child, but it may work for your child. And you don't give up. You don't give up. Because mm-hmm. the person inside is always worth saving. And you can't give up. You just can't. Because that lets them give up on themselves. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's um, and you can't blame yourself. I don't know. about. I don't, I don't blame myself. I don't know what you went through. I can't pretend to. I know that I didn't feel like I deserved to be a uh, part of this world. I thought I was taking everybody down with me, and I was. Yeah. You know, I, I, I know mean, that I was. And um, I call it grace mm-hmm. that I'm sober today, and that I'm here with you. Well, you have a purpose in life. I call that grace. Grace is an unwarranted okay. gift mm-hmm. or whatever. It's a miracle. You know, they part of my, you mm-hmm. know, we pick a higher power. My higher power is love. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not anti God. Sometimes I call it God. Whatever mm-hmm. changes. Right. Um, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful we got to have this conversation. Yeah. I think it's going to happen. Yeah. Actually, I didn't expect this to be what it was. I never do. Mm-hmm. But I think your message is going to help somebody. I hope so. I know so. Because there's not anybody out there, no matter what they did, if they want to change or they want or, or they see that something's inside them that, that's making them feel wrong, mm-hmm. the person who loves you doesn't feel that way. The person who loves you wants you, wants to help you, but they just don't know how sometimes. I so mean, that's where you say talk to somebody. Talk, because somebody else may have that, just that extra clue. And I know, even though he lost his son, mm-hmm. him and I are still close, and we talk about it. And he's grateful for our conversations. I'm grateful for his. Mm-hmm. I remember his son. I said to him, you know, I never met your son, but through you, I I did. And you know what? I'm not going to forget him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to remember the good things. And that's what you have to do. You have to remember the good There's times. There's a growing movement out there, and it's recover out loud so that other people mm-hmm. don't have to die in silence. Right. So I think we're in a good place. Yep. I'm really happy you came on. And I, this isn't a Disney program. So I don't get any applause, huh? Yeah. There, we got all sorts of cool stuff for you. <laughs> oh, I like that one. You like that one? This is when I have like a thought in yeah. my head. And then when I say something stupid. <laughs> Hold on, we're just going to run some through. I want to show my mom some things.
Welcome to Willie Show Recovery <laughs> Stories. That like one that? sounds like you, yeah. Yeah. This is in a baseball. This is baseball stadium. You don't like that? Zeta doesn't like. Zeta doesn't like that either. And then this is just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. And this is, a, you know, mom, I love you. Thanks for putting up with all of my shit throughout the years. That one sounds like the lollipop kids. It huh? does. I'm using bad language. All right, so we say thank you, right? Yep, thank you. And um, there's awesome people listening, and they say thank you for always being there for me. Always will be. And um, this has been interesting. This has been interesting. Is this the most fun you've ever had recording a podcast? Yeah, it's only podcast. All right. Not going to be invited on anybody else's show. (laughs) You never know. You might have just become a celebrity. All right. Thanks, Mom. Thanks. Bye. All right. And uh, that was my mother. I didn't expect that, but I never do. Love you, Mom. And uh, you know what? We're, we're just going to go ahead and end this thing right here. That was absolutely um, wonderful. I've got some emails. We'll start season two with the emails and um, I'm going to eat some dinner. We're down in Washington, D.C. I went and saw the Lincoln Memorial, went to uh, all these places. And uh, Thank you to Webmaster Zeta. Thank you to my mom. Thank you to all the guests. Please contact us at uh, willyshowpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, like and subscribe, and please share this thing with your friends. Please share this thing with your friends. <laughs>